Hey sis, welcome back to Blacker SOS. I know it's been a while. It's been a much longer hiatus than I planned for. However, it was necessary and I'm not sorry. I needed to do some things for me, get myself sane and get some business things in order. So while I have missed you all, I really did need that break, but I'm happy to be back. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who continues to support Black Girl SOS, um, continue to buy merch, um, continue to stream the old episodes, share the old episodes, repost, retweet, um, just all the things. Like, I'm super grateful to all the people that reached out, letting me know that they are still interested in being a guest on the show. Thank you. Um, you guys have really embraced Black Girl SOS and turned it into exactly what I wanted it to be, which is something that is not just mine, but something that is ours. So it belongs to the queendom entirely, and I am overwhelmingly grateful and thankful for that. So, we are coming off probably one of the worst <laughs> Black History Months ever, right? I mean, no words. So... For the most part, we're going to skip right through that. Like, we are grateful and excited to see um, Judge Brown go through the process of uh, making her way to the Supreme Court. I will say this. Right now, I am um, what I want to call a tertiary supporter because I support, I'm rooting for everybody black, right? Like, everybody else. But I'm rooting for everybody black that's also rooting for everybody black. We already know all skin folk and kin folk. So, I'm rooting for the us that roots for us. Um, and I haven't done my due diligence on her yet, so I will dedicate literally a whole little, you know what I mean, little mini pod to discussing her. What I will say is this, I know that she's overwhelmingly qualified, um, definitely more qualified than the last couple of nominees that have been put forth, and certainly more qualified than, uh, the woman who replaced RBG. So... I am looking forward to all of that. I, you know, the stupidity has already begun to hit the airwaves. I forget the little stupid white boy's name uh, on Fox. Carlton, Carlson, Carl Idiot, right? Um, asking about her LSAT scores. What? Tell me you're not a lawyer without telling me you're not a lawyer. Nothing could be more irrelevant than her LSAT scores, especially at this juncture of her career. She went to Harvard. Pretty sure her scores were good. Nevertheless, always the more, like I said, I will dedicate an episode to her because I need to do my own due diligence um, just to learn more about her. I'm not familiar enough with her to speak on her. But what I do know of her, she is overwhelmingly qualified for the job. And I'm excited to see what, you know, I'm excited to learn more about her. And I'm excited to see her on the bench. I'm claiming that victory right now. For all the black uh, legal girls like myself, I am claiming that victory. Exciting. That being said, it's March, so let's get into it. If you're not already, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Black Girl with the Y, not with an I. Um, because in March we move. In March we celebrate honoring our temples with movement. Um, doesn't matter if you run, you walk, yoga, hit, whatever, dance, whatever it is. Um, you know, just make sure that you are moving your body. Here at Black Girl SOS, we firmly believe in holistic health. So that's your mind, your body, and your spirit. 
and nothing about that means you need to be skinny nothing about that means you need to be svelte you don't need to be sports illustrated ready or anything like that but you need to move your body you know good health is wealth um and and we want to support that and encourage that and the way we do that in march is by having a contest um a giveaway normally we do a all month activity you know, everyone's sharing their activity and at the end of the month we do a giveaway. Well, this year we're doing it a little bit differently. We're going to do a giveaway once a week. You are free to enter every week. Um, you know, don't don't limit yourself. And then at the end of the month, we're going to do one big giveaway. So be encouraged, be motivated. You guys, my allergies haven't gone anywhere in the time you <laughs> in the time I've been on hiatus. They honestly may have gotten worse. So, you know, for those of you who are watching as opposed to listening when you see me scratching or rubbing my nose, rather, it's the allergies, okay? They haven't gone anywhere, and the season is swiftly approaching as spring creeps in. So, sorry in advance, but here we are. Um, yeah, so we are going to be doing a giveaway once a week. The way to participate is you need to follow Black Girl SOS on Instagram. You need to tag... Uh, Black Girl SOS to your activity, whether it's a post or a story, it needs to be on a public page so that one, I can see it, two, I can share it, um, and then that's all you need to do. And then at the end of the week on Sunday, yes, I know Sunday starts the week on your calendar, but it ends the week for those of us who, who, who work. <laughs> um, on Sunday, I'll do the draw and I will announce who the winner is. You have until... Let's do it till Sunday at noon and I'll announce, I'll try to announce the winner by like one or two o'clock. But Sunday at noon is the cutoff time for submitting for the week. Um, and so I'm looking forward to it. So far, so good. We've been getting a lot of posts and I'm loving seeing everybody active. I even seen a new exercise that I've never seen before. And my daredevil behind is really looking to try it. So Erica, shout out to you at Erica Chula because that little apparatus you were on, that looked like a good time. And I'm definitely <laughs> trying to give that a go see at some point. So y'all know the vibe and y'all know what it is. Let's get into it. The trusty blue book is here. Ladies, we have so much to discuss. We are still in the parallelogram. Um, we're on the brink of World War III. Voting rights are being rolled back left and right. Abortion rights are being threatened left and right. Inflation is running the tab up like Mariah Lynn and Remy Ma. And I mean, the world is just a dumpster fire right now. Like, I can't even. I literally can't even. So kudos to yourself if you haven't given yourself a pat on the back for getting up, making it to work, getting the kids ready, uh, feeding the family, cleaning the house, uh, taking care of yourself. If you haven't given yourself kudos for doing those things, please take this moment, pat yourself on the back because the world is on fire and somehow you are still getting things done. You are still thriving. I mean, because baby, <laughs> it is madness. So, like I said, we are coming off of, you know, the ghettoist of Black History Month. And with all of that, I think what is really standing out for me as we're on the brink of just the world sucking right now is the way racism just has not taken a break. So, unless you literally live under a rock, Yes, I know the word. This actually 
but y'all understand when we say literally, we mean actually. So unless you are literally living under a rock, the shit that's going on in the Ukraine is insane. Um, it's not surprising, right? Because at this juncture, we've lived long enough and read enough books that we know that this is all, this is the world. This is the world cycle. At some point, someone in power gets bored with their own house and decides I need a bigger house. And because that house is not for sale, they decide that they are going to adversely possess that house. And here we are. Mother Russia, in my opinion, at least from where I sit, it seems to me that Putin is trying to rebuild the USSR. Not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. And I don't think the people that went out of their way to break away from the USSR and Mother Russia are fans of that. But I don't speak for them because I don't know them. I know overwhelmingly a lot of black people feel like, bruh, that ain't our business. Like, mind your business. <laughs> like, America, stay out of it. I know that a lot of Americans in general feel like, all right, what they got to do with us? We got a lot of shit going on here. We need to mind our business. Um, but as you are making your way to fill up your gas tank, you are being reminded that America does not live a siloed existence. Um, we, we are literally but a speck in the grand scheme of what is the globe. And we all live interdependently whether we want to accept and admit that or not. Um, what I've been trying to do with Black Girl SOS is making sure that I share whatever resources that I see um, for the black people that are in the Ukraine being affected, um, we know that there are what we learned. Because let me tell you something, Miss Ma'am, Miss Mamas, okay? I was very surprised to learn that there was so many Africans in the Ukraine. It just never dawned on me. It never occurred to me that there were black people in the Ukraine. Like, I know subconsciously we are everywhere, but consciously... It was the last thing I expected to, you know, to hear, to see, um, and obviously the the racist approach that they've taken with black people there. Um, it's the last thing that I thought would, would become uh, forefront news. I just, it, it, did, it wasn't clicking for me. The math wasn't mathing. The links weren't linking that there are black people in the Ukraine that are being directly affected. Um... Yeah, I was, I was, it was Operation Shock and Awe. Um, and so, like I said, I'm trying to share resources as they come. I also shared them on WhatsApp. And I encourage those of you who have relatives um, abroad, especially in African countries, to please share these resources on your WhatsApp. Um, if you have, you know, relatives abroad, you already know how WhatsApp works. And you know that they, <laughs> you know, they will spam you to death on WhatsApp. So at the very least, we know that we're putting uh, the content and the resources that they need directly into the palm of their hands so that they can get it to the people that need it um, who may be affected. Um, if you've seen the videos that I've seen with Africans being denied entry to the trains to get... Um, to get basically escorted out of the Ukraine and over the border into Poland. Um, if you've seen videos of uh, black mothers and children being uh, physically, you know, uh, physically disallowed to enter train vehicles after the announcement of we're letting women and children on first, uh, the white was silent. 
Um, if you've seen those videos, then you've absolutely, you know, experienced some level of disgust, um, much as we all have. And I've found, as I often do, that people are landing on every every side of the spectrum. I think for the overwhelming majority of black people that reside in America, we are enraged, we are pissed, but we are not surprised. Um, there's this, you know, this Western journalistic narrative of, you know, that this shouldn't happen to Ukrainian people because, well, they're white and they're Christian and they're just like me. Um, you know, one reporter went on to say that, um, you know, they're just like, they're just like me. And, you know, just yesterday they were having a coffee at their favorite cafe. And now they're, you know, they're dodging, you know, bombs and bullets and war. And, you know, this just shouldn't happen to them. I mean, fun fact, short of like actual missiles, that happens in the U.S. in black communities all the time. And no one seems to give a damn. That happens in many black and brown countries. There are so many war-torn black and brown countries in the Middle East and in Africa still as we speak. And no one gives a damn. But, oh, buddy, uh, my good girl Janice at the cafe can't have her coffee because her country's in an uproar. And we need to talk about how this should not have happened to her. No, we need to talk about how this shouldn't happen to anybody. It shouldn't happen to anybody. No, I don't want the Ukrainian I don't want the Ukrainian people to be bombed either, but I also don't want people in Yemen to be bombed. I don't want anyone in the Middle East to be bombed. I don't want anyone in the Sudan to be bombed. I don't want anyone to have to have that level of fear when they wake up in the morning, provided they actually had the comfort of going to sleep. I want that for anybody. So one of the journalists, uh I mean Literally, basically, it was just like, I, the gist of what he said was, like, you know, we need to help the whites. Like, with his words. What? Sir, there are more than white people in the Ukraine being affected. Like, even if we wanted to silo this event and make, and make the Ukraine the focus of the conversation, right? Pretend like a, a substantial portion of the world is not still war-torn. Right? For, for shit's sake, let's do that. There are black people in the Ukraine right now being directly affected. We are all watching it. We're watching it in real time. But help the whites. That's very important. Help the whites. Uh, then there was the reporter that said, essentially, it's okay to do this in, the thir in third world nations, but, you know, we don't do this in Europe. She essentially said, you know, these are not refugees from Syria or Yemen. You know, these are, th this is Europe. This is Europe. These are people of the Ukraine, good Christian white people. Ma'am, I, I find your, your a la carte Christianity interesting. Um, thought we supposed to love everybody. <laughs> I thought that the only judge came, the only judge is the most high and the only judgment comes from the most high. So I, I, I find it interesting when uh, the good white Christians take it upon themselves to decide who is worthy and who is not worthy of being saved, being loved, being cared for, being protected, um, being comforted, being offered solace, being offered refuge. This is a very interesting spin on Christianity. 
but I digress or you know at least the Christianity the way they try to promote it but I digress then there was the white reporter that went on to discuss you know the burdens of Ukrainian people or the Ukrainians having to deal with dodging missiles I'm sorry do you think the missiles are heat seeking or race seeking because anyone present is dodging missiles everyone dodging whatever the attacks are right because I don't know exactly what all they're being attacked with um because I ain't there and I'm not an overwhelming truster of mass media that being said I do know that they are being attacked um with weapons and I do know that those weapons are not detecting anyone's race if you're present you're in danger and everyone deserves the comfort of not being burdened by dodging a freaking attack on their life not just the white people of the Ukraine um then there was another one that uh said I mean and literally said this shit with the entirety of her chest um you know this isn't Middle East or North African refugees, so like they should be treated better. Wow, it's the audacity for me. They've got audacity on sale in bulk over there at the Costco, okay? Because that, that's got to be where they're getting all this energy from. That's got to be. I will say this uh, you are a different kind of racist when you have time to be racist amidst the war. That's a different level of racism for me. And I have to say, I was definitely one of the people who was really, really um, happy to see. And I, and I, and I remain happy to see uh, the Ukraine fighting back to defend their borders and to defend their land. Um, but I can absolutely say unequivocally, I put my little chili pom-poms away um, the minute I saw the way they were treating the African people um, people of the diaspora who are trying to also get themselves and their family to safety. Um, once I seen that, my, my whole energy changed. Um, it definitely can't go unspoken about or unnoticed that the international community, uh, America included, is very quick to open its borders to harmed whites um, but we're not going to pretend that we didn't see the shit that we saw uh, along the Texas border when the Haitian migrants needed to seek refuge. We're not going to pretend we didn't see that shit because we did see it. We saw it. And it's not the first time that Haitian refugees have been treated like shit when all they tried to do was get their family into a safe space. So we're not going to pretend we didn't see that shit because America is just as guilty as everyone else. So I have no idea how... Um, the liberal left, the, 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 excuse me, the limousine liberals have managed to climb on their high horse um, and, and offer, offer their two cents. Where, where the fuck was that energy when, when the Haitians needed refuge here in America? Because I certainly didn't see it. I, I never see, I don't see it for domestic people of the diaspora. I certainly didn't see it for the Haitians when they were trying to migrate in. But I definitely, what I want to touch on today are the varying uh, views within our own community. So what I have found really interesting is watching the dichotomy between 
those of us Black people domiciled here in America, whether this is your birth, your birth home or not, those of us that are domiciled here, I've, I've found it very interesting to see the uh, bifurcation of opinions. For the most part, I expected everyone's opinion to be, that shit don't have nothing to do with us. My name is Bennett and I ain't in it. And overwhelmingly, that has been the response, especially since we started to see footage of Black people being mistreated, you know, ill-handled. Um, that's definitely been a large part of the response. There have been memes, videos, jokes, all the things. And um, that's kind of what I expected, to be honest. I, that is the Black response that I knew <laughs> was going to be coming in hot and heavy. Uh, as a quick sidebar, I'll say this. I read from uh, a woman who is from and seems to still be dwelling in the Middle East. Uh, she tweeted that she understands people are uncomfortable with uh, kind of dealing with this kind of chaos, trauma, war, etc., but that it is you know, unkind to make memes and jokes about it because these are people's actual lives. I 3000% get her point of view. Um, and I don't think that she's wrong. That being said, I also know that as a black person, a lot of the ways we deal with our trauma is through laughing through our pain. Um, and I'm certainly not going to give anyone the okay to tell us how to navigate what is still a traumatic experience for many people of the diaspora. Um, because they're not the only ones going through war. There are plenty of African war-torn countries and, and plenty of, of Middle Eastern countries that house many people of the diaspora that are experiencing this. And this is one of the ways that we as Black people have endured for as long as we have through as much shit as we have. It is finding a way to laugh through our pain. Doesn't mean we don't acknowledge it. Doesn't mean that we strip the severity of it away. But this is how we muster up the energy to fight another day, to live another day, to get up another day, to endure another day. And while I, I understand and respect her perspective, um, she's going to need to understand and respect ours. The street is two-way. Um, so that being said, there's been a lot of that. Uh, there's been a lot of that for us. And then there's been, you know, those niche pockets of, well, I understand why the Ukraine people are putting their, putting their people first. Those, uh, those people give me very much the red hat energy. Um, they didn't cross my mind when I was thinking of what the black response would be. But here we are, right? They didn't want our borders open, so I'm not surprised that they're telling anyone else to keep their borders closed. Um, and then I found a particularly really niched response. And I'm going to read it verbatim because um, I, just, I found it very interesting. And if you don't follow my brother, Mr. Chris Classic, then you probably have not seen it. It was in the comments to a post he made um, about, you know, the ongoing situation and the way black people are being treated amidst all of this. And why it's extremely nuanced is because she had a very, um, one, firsthand experience, and two, a very political um, 
a political experience and political response. So her handle is at B Marie Style. And she says, so as someone that has worked out of Ukraine, China, and South Korea, first of all, girl, what? If you like violence for breakfast, just say that because what? <laughs> uh, the key word here is diplomacy. What is their country, there being the African nations, what is their country doing to get them out? They are at war with the number one world nuclear power. Ukraine is going to prioritize its own. They worked it out with Poland for that to happen. How are the African nations mobilizing at the borders in conjunction with the temporary host nation? Are they? Outside of the skin tone, that's the real question. If not, they are seeking refugee asylum. That's the bottom of the totem pole for passage. The U.S. has a plan in place all over the world to get us out in these types of situations, and that includes Black American-born women. I was in Korea when that little fool was sending birds into the air, so I've seen firsthand how they mobilize to get you out. What is Africa offering besides prayer? Now, I don't need to tell y'all homegirl shook the whole fucking table with that one. The table is rocking. The comments are in a frenzy. Um, but points are being made. Um, admittedly points that I didn't consider, which honestly is shameful because, um, I, I studied under some amazing scholars in my international relations, you know, program at, at CCNY. So I'm not alive for, for not giving this <laughs> the full scope of thought, but she's making some very very valid points. I, I felt like she came for the koopy when she said, what are they offering besides prayer? Because we all know, especially the, uh, the more educated you become, uh, and I don't just mean textbook-wise, but I mean like living a life and, and living experiences. The more educated you become, the more, um, the more church becomes a a a uh, it becomes a divisive topic of conversation. So she really shook the table when she said, "What are the African nations offering besides prayer?" I said, "Girl, put your whole chest." Um, but you know, again, points are being made. What what plans are in place? Um, now learning that there are so many Africans there for the sake of um, affordable higher education. Again things that never crossed my mind. Um, what plans are in place? Like if, if it's, if it's a, a cognizant piece of knowledge that you have your, your residents migrating there for education, what international diplomatic um, plans do you have in place in the event of war? Because in the event of war, it's literally like the number one thing on your to-do list as, you know, international governing body, like things to be prepared for. War, famine, like scarcities, like these, the health crisis. These, these are like the top tier things to be concerned about. And so she does pose a valid question. That being said, it is still quite blatant that a lot of this shit we're witnessing is race-based. 
it's fucking race based, period. And it's not, you know, we're not gonna tap dance around the shit that we see with our own two eyes and that and people's own first hand accounts. This shit is race based. They have found the time to be racist amidst war. That is real. Um but there is definitely something to be said for not being prepared for enabling and assisting your people in getting education visas abroad to study abroad with the hopes that they'll come back home and bring that education home and to help develop the home country um, and not being prepared to take care of them um, in the ways that is really, really necessary when you're dealing with the global landscape. Um, so I, I just, I found that, <laughs> I found that very, very interesting. Um, it definitely wasn't it wasn't a perspective that I, I initially gave any thought to, um, but once I, I read it and I linked it to my own knowledge base, points are being made. Um, I have shared the, the few resources that I've come across um, from certain African nations that are trying to uh, offer some help to get their people out. Again, that is available um, on the Black Girl SOS Instagram page. Please take it, screenshot whatever you need, drop it in your WhatsApp status so that you know you know anyone from those countries that they can get that information and that and that inf- and we can play telephone. Like for once, let's play telephone and disseminate the information we need as opposed to rumors and gossip. But uh, yeah, man, points are being made. But I say all that to say that. Racism against black people is so globally embedded. It's a wonder why we feel like this shit ain't our business. It's a wonder why, you know, we unabashedly will meme and joke our way through such a time. You know, aside from the fact that it's a coping mechanism, it does feel... it. We have been positioned to feel very distant from... Everyone else, the world has absolutely no qualms with making the white experience, the human experience, and the black and brown experience something subservient. So how could you possibly expect an overwhelming sense of empathy from people that you've gone out of your way to try to make you feel as though they are beneath you? then why would you expect me to empathize with you? I think that for those of us who are educators, um, which in reality is all of us, we all have a responsibility as Black people to educate the generation behind us because we all know that the world goes out of its way to wash away our history. So if we don't share it, uh, who will? But for those of uh, those of you, I'm no longer a uh, uh, formal educator, but those of you who are traditional or formal educators, I think this is a great teaching moment. I think for those of you who belong to a tribe of people who are raising young black children, I think this is an amazing teaching moment um, because it, it is an opportunity to show them the way the world, right? The way the world views them. This is not just happening in your backyard. You know, it's not just, you know, fuck 12, the police don't fuck with us, so I don't fuck with them. This is way bigger than just your backyard, you know? And as we are 
um, encouraging each other to travel as we're all traveling more, as we are taking our kids on more trips, showing them the world early. You know, they need to know that life beyond the resort is, is still real for black people. You know, um, I, I know a few people who have done the expat thing and uh, for the most part, uh, the experience has been decent, but it has not been without racism. Um, they didn't just leave America and all of a sudden, uh, with the exception of black people that, uh, you know, immigrated to black countries, uh, that is exception aside, um, they didn't just leave America and, and move to these white countries and have this amazing experience sans American racism. It's just a different kind of racism. Um, and, and for those that move to black countries, uh, it's classism, there's colorism, you know, it's, it's all, the isms are, you know, the isms are, are still purveying um, globally. And I think that this is a great opportunity to teach our children just what the black experience looks like on a, on a global scale and, and how it's important that we learn to take care of each other um, because people are going to blatantly not take care of us, like unabashedly not take care of us. I think what's particularly interesting as far as a teaching point is um, in America, it is very common for those who like to pretend black people bring this bring the effects of institutional racism on themselves. They like to pretend that it's because, oh, this is happening because, you know, these are not, pe these, this, it's happening to this black person because this black person didn't go to school or this black person isn't willing to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. You know how I hate that phrase. Um, and this black person isn't, you know, aligned with what is the right way to live their life. And that's why these things are happening to them. These people in the Ukraine, these uh, black people in the Ukraine that are having this very, very traumatic experience, this very racist experience, um, th this very layered experience that is really going to shape their lives moving forward are predominantly people that are there to be educated. They're in school, they are working, they are, you know, aligned with what are the good societal values and they're still being treated like this they are still being treated like this so now what's the argument so now what's the just cause for them being treated like this and i think it opens up a dialogue definitely if you have older kids in your in your classes or in your homes um in your you know in your your love tribes if you have older kids, I think it definitely um, opens the door to start introducing some of our books. Um, I, I think it is an awesome time to really start to have these open and honest conversations that are going to make the next generation of, of black people much more globally intelligent. Um, and I think that that's going to help all of us, you know, as members of the diaspora in the long run. I, I think the, the more that we start to learn that 
one, we have more similarities than dissimilarities, and two, we are dealing with very similar um, causes and not causes so much as effects um, and, and similar similar traumas globally. I think we will stop a lot of the in-house petty shit um, and, and we'll become a stronger group of people. Um, also with that being said, don't ever be fearful in, in announcing that you are pro-black and announcing that you know, we need to learn to do for each other and we need to be a cohort of people that can lean on each other without needing any outside assistance. Being pro-black is not being anti-white and you don't have to explain that to anybody. You do not have to explain that. Loving yourself doesn't mean you don't love others and you do not have to explain self-love. It is not required. They're going to hear whatever they want to hear. They're going to receive the message they want to receive. You don't ever have to explain loving yourself, wanting self-sufficiency amongst your own. So it's You ain't got to do it. Say what it is and put a period on it because that's a full sentence. I love myself, period. I love being black, period. I love black people, period. I want black people to be self-sufficient, period. I want black people to be a unified cohort of people, period. That's it. In the paragraph. Actually, you close the book right there because I don't need to explain anything else. Bibliography, cite me. And that's that on that. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of went off on that little black nationalist, if you will, tangent because when we find ourselves in these situations and, and you know, we find ourselves backs against the walls and we're like, well, you know, as black people, we needed to be better prepared and X, Y, and Z. The minute we get on that, everybody's like, well, you know, it's a people issue. No, it's only a people issue when it's a y'all. And so we, we have to be, you know, we have to be very protective of ourselves. And on that note, um, I'm going to take a page from everybody else's book. I mean, I do this personally. Um, this is definitely one of my approaches to the stock market and I don't mean to be callous, but wars never war for the sake of war. That's just not how war works. There is always an ultimate goal and someone is always making money and why not us? I, I, I do not mean to be callous, but I would be remiss. If I, you know, to pretend I did not make some money in the stock market, courtesy of the parallelogram, because I did. Um, I did what I know to do. I'm a very well-educated woman. I went to a prestigious health science university, and I did what I know to do. When the parallelogram hit, I stalked the FDA, who's getting fast-tracked. Um, I read reports on, on drugs that were getting fast-tracked. I mean, at one point, I probably owned at least a share in, in seven different pharmaceutical companies because they were all fast-tracked by the FDA. Um, the market, I keep telling you, none of us exist independently. Everything is interdependent. And I made some money in the market. And I'm grateful because <laughs> I... I, it, it was helpful. I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. Um, you know, like everyone else, my business was affected um, during the parallelogram. 
my, my personal business. So, you know, once I became a full-time entrepreneur, listen, shit got hard. And thank God that I had a little bit of an essay that I developed in a parallelogram to fall back on. That being said, we do need to take care of ourselves the way everyone else takes care of themselves. So, please do not invest without doing your own research. This is not investment advice. This is me sharing with you all what I'm looking at now that we're on the brink of World War III. Do with this information what you will. I am looking at Lockheed Martin, so that's gonna be LMT on the, uh, the ticker. Uh, Boeing, BA, I'm looking at Northrop, um, NOC. I'm looking at uh, General Dynamics, GD. I'm looking at Raytheon, RTX. I'm looking at Natos, I might be pronouncing that wrong. LDOS, um, if you are really, uh, you prefer ETFs over like individual stocks, I am also looking at Invesco Aerospace, which is PPA um, on the S&P. I'm looking, the, for the S&P, I'm looking at XAR and I am looking at Shares Aerospace, which is ITA. All for the most part are extremely affordable. I'd say the three or the four that are might be on the higher end. For some people, when I say higher end, I don't mean that it's actually, uh, in my opinion, that expensive. It's not, you know, Tesla per price or, or like Google or Amazon per price. Um, but, you know, everyone's money is a little tight right now, so this still might be on the higher end for you. So the higher ends are going to be like your Lockheed, your Boeing, your Northrop, and your General Dynamics. Um, but there are, like I said, plenty of other options that, I, that I'm looking at that are much more reasonably priced um, that are all in the defense sector. So do with that information what you will. Do the research that you will. What I'm saying is that plenty of people are going to come out of this situation making money. Why not us? Why not us? Anyway, it is awesome to be back. I appreciate you all uh, dealing with my ramblings. <laughs> and I look forward to all the all the things that are to come. I will say this, uh, Black Girl SOS will no longer be weekly. I, I simply don't have the time now that I'm full-time entrepreneur. I do not have uh, the luxury of the time I used to have. Um, but we are going to move into an every other week model. So bi-weekly, there will be a new Black Girl SOS. And I don't know if this is like the kickoff of season three or like 2.2. I'll figure that out at some point. I don't know. Let's, let's call it like, let's call it like 2A. <laughs> like 2A. Nah, you know what? New era, new things. This is going to be the kickoff of season three. That's that's. That's what we're doing. We're making a decision, clean slate right here. And uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into the things, you know, the politics, the money, the all the things, the love, the health. I'm going to bring back some old guests, catch up with some people, bring in some new guests, um, continue to give you all the resources that I can. Um, please don't ever hesitate to slide in the DMs if there's something you would like for me to discuss. And if there's some, if you would like to be a guest and, you know, you have a topic that you want to talk about with me, I'm happy to 
host you. Um, this is our queendom, you know, so I, I want you to feel as included as possible. Um, so please don't be bashful. Don't be a stranger. Don't forget in March we move. And until next time, y'all have a good one.